Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What's going on here? The weekend. The weekend. Friday. For most people, Friday is just a day before the weekend. I can't wait to the end of the week when I rap into the rhythm of a groovy beat. It is Friday, right? I'm hosting a party on Friday. Friday. on this Friday, it's Bob and Sherry. Friday! Woo! We got the People's Movie Critic, and he is reviewing Beckham in an hour and a half. Um, The Beckham documentary on Netflix. We've got comedian Todd Thomas. We have got the story of the bacon, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich. And listen, it's a story how that thing came to be. Just a really good Friday show for you. Hey, everybody. So, guys, um, my little tater tot, Ada, just had her fourth birthday. I cannot believe oh, she's already four. And yeah. so um, her parents asked her what she wanted to do. And she wanted to have um, all of her grandparents and her uncle Russell, just family over. She didn't want a kid party. And she wanted to have pizza and spaghetti for dinner. This is my kind of girl. That is a perfect menu. Can I get an amen? <laughs> pizza and spaghetti. Yeah, it's yes. true. So um, we go over there and. Kevin, she loves, she's a little artist. She likes to paint and draw. So Kevin, I got her a big box of like grown up kind of art supplies and a giant stuffed unicorn. And so we go over to have a big old time. Her mom and dad got her her very first bicycle. It's like a frozen themed bike. The pedals look like um, snowflakes and streamers on the handlebars. Big deal. Your first bike. So, you know, we have, we play in the yard and we have dinner and we have birthday presents. And then um, Ada says, to me, let's let's go identify rocks. And I was like, yeah, I would definitely want to identify rocks. So we go in her bedroom and she has this giant Tupperware container filled with rocks and a, and a chart with pictures of rocks and the names of rocks. And so she dumps the rocks on the floor. And some of these are rocks like from the backyard. And some of these are rocks that like other people in the family have found for her big chunks of quartz and some you know how you can go to like little gift shops and buy like little fancy bags of rocks. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody mm-hmm. with a kid has paid good money for a bag of rocks at some point. So we dumped the rocks out on the floor and we're identifying, oh, this looks like rose quartz. Oh, that is definitely an amethyst. And as we're doing this, Ada goes, Mima, Karamia is wrong. 
And I'm like, wait, what? Karamia's not even here. I said, well, honey, what? Karamia's wrong. What is Karamia wrong about? And she looks around and she leans in and she goes, crystals do not have healing. And I, I'm, trying wow. not to, I'm trying not to laugh, right? And I said, what do you mean crystals don't have healing? Of course they do. Many, many, many cultures around the world believe that certain crystals have healing properties. And she looks around again and then she whispers in my ear, my Nana says Karamia is wrong. Well, her <laughs> Nana is her mom's mom, who yeah, is. Yeah. So Leah's parents are not the kind of people that believe in healing crystals or astrology or any of that. Karamia is mm -hmm. a teenager and she's way into all of that. So now I realize, oh, 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 a couple of things. Your other grandmother told you that crystals don't have healing properties and now probably thinks that me and my daughter are practicing witchcraft in our house. Yeah, exactly. So I need to do exactly. I need to do some damage control here, but I don't want to throw Karamia under the bus. And I definitely can't throw Nana under the bus. So I said, Well, I don't know about that, but I can tell you one thing that's a hundred percent true. Some rocks have a lot of salt in them. And animals need salt to be healthy. And that's why sometimes you'll see like a cow or a deer licking some rocks. And she's like looking at me like, well, here's some more bunk. Here's some more BS yeah. that I'm going to have to deal with. And right. I'm like, no, I promise you it's 100% true. So um, after we're getting ready to leave and the girls have their jammies on and they're having their little bedtime snack. So I go to Leah and I was like, girl, listen, you need to explain to your mom that I'm not a witch. Because Ada told me about the healing crystals. And Leah starts laughing. She goes, oh, she played you. She told my mom when the other, when Nana told um, Ada that crystals don't have healing, she stomped her foot and said, you are wrong. And Karamia is right. And she has an app on her phone. So I think what was going on was she was trying to play us all off of each other to see what the truth was. And tragically... <laughs> Tragically, here's how this whole story ends. The other family thinks that we're witches. Ada thinks we're all lying. And now she's going to be out in the backyard licking rocks to see if they're salty. So I completely bonered that one. <laughs> no, that's not how it ends. Here's how it ends. Karen, uh, um, Ada walks in, closes the door, sits down across from the woman and says, so thank you for uh, taking me. Um, let me give you a background. I, I, in my early years, I was conflicted between family members who would <laughs> say that animals need to lick rocks and that rocks had power. Oh, okay. Well, how did that make you feel? Oh, not good. Not too good. Oh All right, straight ahead. Oh. Straight ahead here. I have something for you that I think you're going to like quite a bit. It is an apology from a rocker to an entire form of music that became hated by most of the country not that long ago. It's straight ahead and then more on to the news. This is Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. A lot of uh, folks listening to us right now recall the era where people despised disco music. Disco music had become so big. So there's a new book out, and it's written by a guy named Jeff Tweedy. And he is the singer and guitarist of the band Wilco. 
and he has just written a book called World Within a Song, Music That Changed My Life and Life That Changed My Music. And he was one of those people. He, he was a punk rocker, and he said, everyone I knew hated disco music. But then, and there were some songs, and I'm leading up to the song that he's changed his mind about. There were some songs that were kind of disco-y, and they weren't really disco-y, but they were pop, and they were in that era, and guys like that hated it, hated it. Well, he started writing songs, and he realized how hard it is to write a song and how unique it is when you create a song that has a hook, where people can sing along to the song and makes, makes them feel really good. And so, decades later, this it's been excerpted in the New York Times last Sunday, he writes this book, and he apologizes to this one song and he says you know it's 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 not a it's not a serious song but i got to admit it's a really good song and i need to apologize to this song cuz i actually liked hearing it back then and i like hearing it now and this is the song that he wants to apologize to Better apologize for that song. Friday night and the lights are low. Looking up for a place to go. Where they play the right music. Getting in the swing. You come to me. You know, I know, I know it's not uh, Abbey Road, but the, the song is so likable. You know what I mean? It's just. How do you turn it off? Are they saying this uh, is a, a disco guy. song? I, I, in that era, in that era, a lot of these songs were lumped in uh, to the disc to the disco era. This is a pop song. I, I don't, I don't ever hear this as a disco this song. Disco. And I want to tell you something else about the burning of the disco records. There was a racial component to it. You can't change my mind about that. There was something about that, that that was very dark and very sinister. And uh, uh, part of it was that it was overly produced and everybody was on the bandwagon. But there was another dark side to that as well. I never thought of that. Is that right? Yes. I never no, thought, I'm, I'm not arguing with you, but he's I, right. I, and I can see that being the case. But um, I don't know. Some of those disco songs, they're still around. They, they play them at, at uh, weddings and people love them. The Gloria Gaynor song, um, the Bee Gees stuff from Saturday Night Fever. I mean that was I, that was a band that was not a, a quote unquote disco band, but then they I were labeled say, disco. I was too young to have any kind of a dog in any of these fights, right? I'm too young for. Le- I mean, I just I was a kid. I just didn't care. But as mm-hmm. I as an adult, when I reflect back on it, what a freaking stupid hill to pick to die on. You know, you're living in a country with boundless opportunity, comfort, and privilege, if you can cause a freaking riot over the Bee Gees. I mean, come on. I agree. And Max, and, and Max is right. There's a there's um footage that you can see of that incident on Kaminsky Field, and it is 
ugly and hateful, and it was all triggered by, and I'm mortified and ashamed and embarrassed to say this out loud, a radio shock jock. But Steve Dahl was his name. Yep. Oh, is that right? Yep. Well, he, yeah. He, uh, he was the he, instigator. He sold the, he sold the bill of goods to, to the people who control Kaminsky Park. Because that was, that was a lot to uh, agree to. It was so stupid. Oh, my God. Of all the things, I'm just, I don't care. Like, and I don't care who doesn't like it. Call up and complain. Have at it. Of all the things in this world to get passionate about, to invest yeah. your energy in, to commit acts of violence for, disco, take well, a seat. God, I, that I was really, stupid. Uh, I, I really admire uh, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco saying, I was wrong. That took a lot. All right, straight ahead, we've got, oh my goodness, you will not believe the story I've got with morons in the news and what this guy did. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Lowe's. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. Bob and Sherry. You see, that's all I could come up with because I'm an idiot. With Morons in the News. We take you to Georgia right now. One man's long-standing history of making threats toward a nearby wedding venue culminated just the other day with him, listen to this, launching fireworks at a helicopter carrying a newly married couple. A Charity County deputy was working as security when he heard a mortar firework hurtling toward a departing helicopter carrying the newlyweds. After investigation, the sheriff's office issued a warrant for David Jeter on charges of making terroristic threats, according to the Japanese. He was working, the officer was, off-duty, and all of this occurred at Rocky's Lake Estate, where the wedding was being held. William Morris Rocky had a particular problem with Mr. Jeter, who was accused of making threats against employees and wedding guests before. Mr. Jeter lives 470 feet away from Rocky's Lake Estate in Woodstock, Georgia, and he hates the place. He hates seeing golfers go, uh, people in golf carts go by. He would flip them off. He would yell, don't do it, don't do it. He would make sideways motions to his neck with his finger and, and just uh, harass the people who were getting married there. And he had had enough. And he got these fireworks, and he waited for that helicopter to take off, and he aimed the fireworks at the helicopter. Thank goodness it did not hit, and the cops showed up. Now, let me just say, I don't know if Rockies showed up after Mr. Jeter had his house there, and all of a sudden there's a wedding venue, and they're raising hell there a couple of nights a week, or if he bought, knowing that the venue was there, and decided that he was ticked off. One... One way or the other, both, you know, are kind of understandable, but you cannot fire explosives at a helicopter with a couple in them. No, that's some, that's some prison stuff. That is what a great story for the bride and groom to tell. What a great yeah. story. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> Especially that's exactly if the right. marriage doesn't last, because you know how you always say, I prayed for a sign. And then yeah. a crazy man launched rockets at the helicopter. What and I, I still didn't get do? a sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Meanwhile, God's up there going, oh, facepalm. 
All right, Lamar. <laughs> Let's go to Pennsylvania, where state police went to a home to assist medical personnel with an intoxicated male who had just been released from prison named uh, Mr. Stapleton. He had cut his hand on a broken bottle. So Stapleton was taken to the hospital. He got stitches. He was released about 2.30 a.m. in the morning. Then he was identified as the man that stole an ambulance uh, that was owned by the uh, hospital and took off. The ambulance arrived at a convenience store in Williamsport about 4.15 a.m. Listen, you can't always get an Uber when you want one. I understand what's going <laughs> yeah, on. Right. He told the clerk in the store that he had a body in the ambulance and he needed directions to get to Route 87. So a customer provi- provided that. As soon as the ambulance left, the clerk called 911. A short time later, Stapleton reappeared at the store again asking for directions. He was in a panic. After a brief encounter with the clerk, Stapleton got into the ambulance, drove it into the front wall of the store, then backed it back out. Two troopers riding together spotted it traveling down uh, the road. So after activating the emergency lights, they stopped the cruiser in the westbound lane to stop the ambulance. The ambulance did not stop. It hit the passenger side and the front fender of the cruiser. Eventually, it crashed and Stapleton fled on foot to a nearby business where he tried to hide, but the police finally took him into custody. He's charged with aggravated assault, fleeing an officer, theft, receiving stolen property, criminal trespass, recklessly endangering another person, accidents involving damage to attended vehicle or property, criminal mischief, and reckless driving. I'm thinking this guy has discovered that life in jail is a lot less complicated than life outside. I hope he stays this time. Oh, my word. The, the coming back to the convenience store is the thing that jumped out at me. Man, you were That's, you got away. Keep he didn't write going. down the directions. He didn't write yeah. them down. He had to come. That's right. <laughs> Typical guy, right? Typical yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. That's why we call this morons in the news and not citizen salute, okay? That's right. <laughs> And today's Moron of the Day, what a video. You're going to be able to find it on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. It happened in Longwood, Florida. A family um, called Uber Eats and got about 45 bucks worth of Taco Bell delivered to their house. And I guess they had no contact delivery ticked off on the app because the delivery driver showed up with the bag of Taco Bell and left the food on the front porch by the door. You know, if you do no contact, they'll text you, your food's here. Well... The family has ring doorbell video. And no sooner does the delivery driver leave the bag of Taco Bell and pull away than a black bear shows up, picks up the bag of Taco Bell with its mouth and disappears. Then, wait, wait. Oh, this is the best part. Comes back for the drinks. (laughs) Yeah, he did not. Hey, have you had a Baja Blast? Have you had one? They're tasty. That's true. (laughs) So um, because the family has this hilarious video of this bear living moss, Uber Eats was like, oh, man, yeah, they refunded them uh, so they could have their Taco Bell another time. And that's all posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up, the People's Movie Critic with his review of Beckham on Netflix. It's Bob and Sherry. She's done it again. Sherry Lynch named one of the most influential women in radio. It's Bob and Sherry. Sherry. This is interesting. This is easy, but it's also darn near impossible for a lot of us to pull off. You've been seeing for like a while now 
all this noise about how sitting is going to kill you quicker than anything, that we're all too sedentary at our jobs. Yeah, worse than smoking, yeah. Yeah, we need to get up and move. So Columbia University has been researching this, and they found that if you just got up every 30 minutes and did a chill, slow, panther-like walk for five minutes and then went back to work, if you did that all day at your job, not only would you have more energy, like 25% more energy, but you'd be a lot healthier mentally and physically. So it sounds easy, right? It. Every 30, every yeah. yeah, of course. Every 30 minutes, mm-hmm. get up, move around for five. The number of people that were in this who said it was just almost impossible, like at my job, it was like kind of cute at first that I was getting up every 30 minutes and walking around, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of pressure to just sit down and do your work. Sit down and do the work, I bet. Yeah. yeah, I bet that's the case. I mean, when but I worked in any- a factory, I sat there. It was an eight-hour day. I was in that chair uh, in front of a machine for, uh, for... I got 45 minutes a day off, 30 for lunch, 15 for a break. But the rest of the time, I'm sitting there. So, you know, almost seven hours. Listen to what this says. We used to happily accommodate smoke breaks. And these yeah. days, few of us bat an eye if someone's looking at their phone. But we right. won't let people stand up and move around for five minutes every 30. And if you think so, about it, like depending on what your job is, you probably could yeah. be doing something work-related in those that five-minute walk. You know, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally so, agree with that. The people of the future will get this. We will not, but the people of the future will get this because it does. I mean, there's scientific uh, research behind it that you're talking about. Listen, I was going to suggest that we institute this immediately at the Bob and Sherry show, but I can't find the keys to Max's leg irons, and it wouldn't be fair to exclude him. So there you go. It's Bob and Sherry. What is only $4.99 a month but gives you such pleasure? That would be the Bob and Sherry Premium, exclusive content from the show, including our classic chat room calls and best of CDs. You'll get behind-the-scenes photos and videos of not only us but our listeners. It's a lot of fun. Just $4.99 a month. And the website to get all of this is bobandsherry.com slash premium the people's movie critics review on bob and sherry is sponsored by indeed attract interview and hire at indeed.com slash credit it is time now for the people's movie critic and his review of beckham on netflix what'd you think lamar well this is another netflix documentary that i kept skipping because i'm not a soccer fan yes i said soccer not football. You can call it what you want to. For me, it will always be soccer. Now, I have only watched one complete soccer game from start to finish. It was the longest six, maybe 10 hours of my life, okay? (laughs) I mean, I'm aware it is the number one sport in the world, but it's a lot of running back and forth, a lot of kicking the ball, tons of faking injuries and fouls, and a very tiny bit of scoring. And when I thought it was finally over, they added more minutes to it. As much as I dislike the game, I do know who David Beckham is. But until I watched this documentary, I didn't realize how much I didn't know about him. Beckham's dad, 
worshipped the Manchester United Soccer Club. And when he had a son, he was determined to teach him the game in hopes of him one day being on that team. Not unlike Tiger Woods' dad, Ted Beckham's dream also came true due to his constant teaching and his demand for perfection. And when David was still a teenager, Manchester United manager Alex Ferguson signed him as a trainee. Ferguson would become a second father figure for Beckham over the years. They had a really great relationship. And when he kicked this miraculous goal from the halfway line against Wimbledon in 1996, he stepped into fame and huge sponsorship deals. His career took off. Then he met and married Posh Spice. And you cannot help but be captivated by their love story. The documentary is definitely Beckham friendly, but the interviews with the couple at their home seem to point to a really strong marriage and that they are as down to earth, quotation marks, as a couple could be with all the fame and the money and the attention that they have to deal with. One of the hardest parts of this documentary to watch was the incident in 1998 in the World Cup round against Argentina. Diego Simone fouled Beckham on purpose and provoked him. In response, Beckham swung his leg at Simone. The referee saw it, gave him a red card, and sent him out of the game. England lost 4-3. to three. The entire country of England turned on Beckham. They were sending letters with bullets in it, death threats. They spat upon him on the street. There was nowhere in the entire country he could go without hatred being spewed out at him. And he was booed in every stadium. In his own home stadium, they shouted vile sexual chants about Victoria, his wife. It's like something. I, I know that soccer fans get really excited, but this was unbelievable. Then. There's the comeback. Then he has more adversity. Then there's another comeback. And he has some more problems, and he manages to conquer them. I mean, it's a really interesting story. Netflix has it. It's four episodes. Each one is a little bit over an hour. It's not rated, but it has a lot of language. Um, I personally would not get out of the electric chair to go see a soccer game, okay? But <laughs> I enjoyed every, I did. I enjoyed every minute of this documentary, okay? In fact, if you see soccer, honestly, if you see soccer in 30-second clips of them scoring goals, it looks exciting. But don't fall for it. It's a trap. The actual game never ends. Don't do it. Don't do it. But David Beckham's story is very interesting. It doesn't hurt that he was a handsome boy who is still a handsome man approaching his 50s with a beautiful wife and what appears to be a great marriage and a great family. My score is five buds. It was it was very entertaining hey, and informative. I loved it. Hey, Lamar, were you not dazzled by how entertaining and funny Victoria Beckham is? That's tremendous. She was great. She was great. She, I loved it. I loved it. I, I swear to God, she is the role model for what became the franchise Real Housewives. She would have been the greatest Real Housewife ever to yeah, grace it's the true. screen. She yeah, was so, good. so, so good. funny in this. Yeah. Five yeah. frosty buds for Beckham. We got more Bob and Sherry ahead, including comic Todd Thomas. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Nominate a teacher to win a Florida vacation by going to the contest tab at bobandsherry.com. 
We'll pick one weekly qualifier to win Bob and Sherry's swag, and they're entered to win the monthly grand prize from Visit Florida, a three-night vacation for two to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach, with round-trip airfare and vehicle rental. Show your appreciation for a deserving teacher. Nominate them at bobandsherry.com. I really enjoyed Lamar's review of Beckham, which is now, was that on Netflix, the uh, Beckham four-part series? And he Mm -hmm. liked it. But what I loved the most about the review, I've never heard that expression before, where he said he loved the movie. He thought the the Beckhams were very uh, fascinating people, but he does not like soccer. He said, I wouldn't get out of the electric chair to go see a soccer game. That that's one of my favorite expressions you've ever is that a Georgia expression because I have never I, with all the comedians that we've had on I've never heard that before. I wouldn't get out of the electric chair to see a soccer game. And you, you know I don't know why it never caught on that much in this country. It's been decades. Uh, I, I you mean the electric chair? It had its time, though. It did pretty good. Still going in Texas. In Texas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I, I was just starting off in television, and I produced the feature called The Sport That Kids Built, and it was about soccer. And, uh, you know, the prediction was that it was going to become as big as baseball or football. In the United States, it's big, but it, it hasn't gotten to that to that level yet. When When you said... I wouldn't get out of the electric chair. I enjoyed taking my kids when they were playing it to soccer games. I enjoyed, this was, this was before GPS. I didn't enjoy getting lost in the middle of nowhere when, I don't know why they always sent us to play against another team that was five counties over, uh, in, out in the middle of nowhere in a school that has a road that is not identifiable. I don't know why they they chose that. Why can't we just play the kids, you know, uh, in the next neighborhood, right? They're 10-year-olds. But as you get better, you know, it becomes more exotic and all. Um, I have been out of that world for years and years and years. And, you know, World Cup, I'll tune in a little bit and watch it. But I'm I'm not a big soccer fan. Um, I went to see my grandson, who is just turned four, on a Saturday morning a couple of weeks ago at his second soccer practice. And I walked up and he's out on the field with these other little kids and it's kind of chilly and I don't have a chair to sit in and I'm looking over at the orange slices and I got PTSD for a moment there. I really did. I just thought, Oh my God, for the next 10 years, I'm going to be following Christian around. I'm going to calm down, calm down. All you need to do is show up for a little while, smile, hold L and say, that's your brother out there. And watch the four-year-olds with their second practice, which consists of the ball hits the dirt and every kid goes after the ball. There's no plan. There's no passing. There, there's just chaos, complete chaos. After about, I guess, a year, they sort of get the idea that you got to play as a team. But when they start out, either they're just going after the ball or they're going over to stand by themselves and talk to somebody. There's just, it's just nuts. 
I have to say, when Lamar said that he would not get out of the electric chair to go to a soccer game, and this is the truth, I made a note for myself so that when the crazy starts rolling in, I'll understand why. We live in a time, Lamar, where you are not allowed to not like soccer. If somebody else likes something and you dislike it, they perceive that as an attack on themselves, their mama, and everything they believe in. And the folks are going to come for you so hard. So hard. Come get me. Come get come me get in a minivan. Give me some apple slices. I'm good to go. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Have a great time. Have a great. And listen, if one of my grandkids starts playing soccer, I'm going to go watch him. Because here's the good part. They're little. They got them short legs. They can't go for two <laughs> or three days running back and forth on the field. This thing shouldn't last over 15 or 20 minutes. They got them short legs. They can't go far. But they go no, to it's a an real hour. soccer game it's when an those hour. guys are in. My bonus hour? son, my bonus mm. son, Eric, played soccer when he was little. And I say uh, played soccer mm. um, because there's not really a word in the English language for what he was actually doing which was a combination of refereeing, coaching, and staring at the sun, okay? And they mm. would have these soccer games. I think the, the younger the kids are, the earlier the game starts. We would leave the house before the sun came up. It's true. And go to a field that was soaked with dew in an <laughs> icy, icy, not downpour, drizzle. And we would sit there bundled up and watch him stare into space and it would always be a tournament. And it's not like you want to root for your kid to lose. But they would win. They would lose a bunch. And they would win just enough to stay in the tournament. To get in the losers' bracket. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. Which meant exactly. you had to come back. You had to come back at 2 o'clock that afternoon. Now, the dew is dried. And the rain has ended. And the sun is out. And it's 1,000 degrees and 1,000% humidity. It's and it's true. time for the boy to take the field. I don't know the rules of soccer, but I know that it's, listen, whatever the rules are, I know that just standing there and staring at the sun is not part of the game. It's not part of the game. (laughs) Those were the longest, like if you have, like if you've been given a death sentence and you'd like to extend your life, you need to go to a six-year-old soccer tournament because it Mm -hmm. does last Mm -hmm. That's right. So, Lamar, right. Um, good luck. Good luck taking mm-hmm. on the <laughs> soccer community. You're on your We're own. coming for you. Yeah. yeah. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Exergen. Accuracy matters. So make Exergen the chosen thermometer for your home and family. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Todd Thomas. Appreciate the way we grew up, man. Because we had to figure stuff out, right? We are functional adults. My mother hit me every day, but I turned out okay. I have never hit either of my daughters, ever. They are gonna live with me for the rest of their lives. I know this. (laughs) But when we were kids, we had to figure stuff out, right? Because we had to go out into the world and play and make up games. And our games were violent. (laughs) If you didn't get hurt, you were not playing. We had a game called uh, Red Rover. <laughs> Red Rover is a game in which you willingly ran to a wall of people and clotheslined yourself. <laughs> Hours of fun for the whole neighborhood. 
Red Rover, Red Rover, we call Todd over. Did I win? Did I win? Did I win? Oh, I'm here to see now. Okay, I got it. And if it wasn't that, it was Tag. Tag was the ultimate game of survival of the fittest. The whole point of this game was to not get it. Whatever it was, you didn't want it. And the only way to avoid getting it was by getting to a place called safe. And safe was generally the most unsafe place on the playground. It was like a stop sign or a steel bench. And why did every game of tag turn to a scene from Friday the 13th? You'd be hiding in your old spot. The kid that was it will come looking for you. <laughs> and from there, you would get into the mad dash for safe. You both be laughing hysterically for I don't know what reason. <laughs> I got you, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I got you. And when a kid tagged you, he wouldn't just, no. He would reach up to Salt Lake. And smack you with the hand of Zeus. And you would go down like Willem Dafoe in Platoon. the pavement and the blood trickle down into your eye all the kids will look at you and go like man I think he's got to go to the hospital then my buddy will pop out and be like he has got to go to the hospital he gets to go to the hospital <laughs> we were tough man we had actual playgrounds have you seen a playground lately it's three feet high it's all made of plastic ten pounds of sawdust in case your idiot kid falls down We didn't have this nonsense growing up. You remember our playgrounds? It was a proverbial circus of death. <laughs> the merry-go-round was a 10-foot manhole cover with nothing to hang on to but metal bars that some chubby kid named Bubba whipped you around till you flew off. <laughs> and you fly off and bang your head against the monkey bars. And the monkey bars were made of iron and spike. <laughs> And what was underneath monkey bars? It wasn't sawdust, it was gravel. And I'm not talking little bits of gravel, I'm talking big shards of brick and rubble and broken glass and syringes and a pit bull named Sanchez running around the bottom of each of the bell. <laughs> we had the tornado slide, which was 10,000 feet high. And it was made of aluminum so that it harnessed the power of the sun. You actually cooked your butt when you slid down a tornado slide. 
you would go screeching down this thing Mach 3, little jean shorts. And go right back up and do it again. That's so <laughs> that true. is comedian. Todd It does. <laughs> and you can find that at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com, where you can also grab the latest review from the People's Movie Critic. If you missed it a little bit ago, it's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Playing hide and seek with little kids is such a trippy experience because depending on the kid and the age, um, they interpret hide and seek really differently. So I'm playing hide and seek with Ada, who just turned four a couple days ago. And here's how we're going to play hide and seek. We take turns being the person who hides, but Ada picks all the hiding spaces. And so she, she'll say, you hide here. Okay, hide there. I'm going to count. And then she goes and counts and then comes and finds me. So, you know, we did this, we did this a few times and I said, hey, I, Tater Tot, I have an idea. There's another way to play hide and seek. I would hide and you wouldn't know where I was hiding and then you would have to find me. And she was confused. So I explained it again. Like the person who's it closes their eyes and counts to 10 and the person who's hiding goes and hides somewhere that's a secret and, and then you would come and find me. And she thought about that for a minute and she said, I don't like that game. I said, but why not? That's hide and seek. And she said, that's scary. That's scary. If yeah. I don't know where you are, I that's mm-hmm. not fun. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I and get you know, that when, from a kid's perspective. Yeah, when, but when she said it that way, I was like, okay, would you like to hide? And then I don't know where you are and it'll be harder for me to find you. And she looked at me like I was a psycho. And said, but then you would be scared. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of crazy game is this you're talking about? You could tell she was looking at me like, wait a minute. My parents put you in charge for the afternoon? Like, what kind of (laughs) nut are you? You just want to go hide and I don't know where you are? What cracks me up is when they pick the the worst places to hide. Like they... they go into the main, like the living room, and hide behind a curtain, and the curtain is bulging out uh, like two or three feet. I mean, they're just the worst at it. Oh, oh yeah. A- oh, yeah. Ada, Ada hid under um, a barstool chair, you know, which <laughs> is open on all sides. And yeah. the amount of, like, where is my Oscar for the amount of acting I did pretending I didn't see? I can't right, find right. her anywhere, oh, and she's giggling. She? I'm right here. I'm right. Yeah. Oh, where is she? <laughs> oh, I love kids. I love them. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. It's talk back time. Hit the phone at eight four four five two S H E R I or download our app. It's free in Google Play and the Apple Store. And look at the bottom center of the screen. There's a little tiny cartoon microphone. Tap it and talk and the app will do the rest. Hey, so this one's for Max. Max, I think you've thought of something that is going to help a lot of people make some decisions. For example, should I spend my whole paycheck on things I don't need? Nah, then I'll straight be bumming. Should I throw out 90% of my wardrobe to become a minimalist? Nah, then I'll straight be bumming. 
should I wait to the last minute to clean out the garage before the guests come over for Christmas? No. Then I'll straight be bumming. <laughs> so you're going, what is she ta- what is she exactly talking about? Bob and Sherry store, we know the holidays are coming. Don't wait to the last minute, then you'll straight be bumming. Cooking with Cat's Cookbook Package with a tacky apron. You can wear it anytime you're frying the bacon. The Bob and Sherry store, it's really the bomb. Find it open 24-7 at bobandsherry.com. The shipping is for free. Spend over $75. Come on down to the Bob and Sherry store. Give us a holler. Oh, you oh, well did a done. good job. Well, well thank done. You. You did a yeah. good job. Anyhow, that's why she does the straight be bumming. <laughs> so that's not we a part of have... my uh, of of my uh, lexicon. Straight be bumming. Hey, so no. this one's for me. But Max. it's part of your reality. Let me Max, tell you, as someone who knows. You thought of something that is going to help a lot of people make some decisions. For example, <laughs> should I spend my whole paycheck on things I don't need? Nah, then I'll straight be bumming. Shall I go can I tell you? My- yeah, go ahead. Can I go tell ahead. you? I there's, we have we have a new item in the Bob and Sherry store, and it was mm-hmm. sent to me so that I could see it. And I'm mm-hmm. drinking my co- my morning coffee out of it right now. It's a mug with Bob's face on it, and it says, "Hold on while I overthink this." <laughs> and buddy, <laughs> has it made breakfast delicious? I don't the have one of those. Never tasted I straight be bumming that I don't have it in my face is on it. Hey, Tony, uh, give me your break, will you? You're using my face. I don't get a cup. Come on. No, no Tony says you. you can have. Hey. No, Tony says you can have one. Just oh. order one. Also, there's That's all the, you got to do yeah, is order one. Right. The Christmas <laughs> ornament. So on one side, it's the Bob and Sherry logo. On the other side, it's a picture of all the cast members, a caricature of all the cast members. That's pretty weird. <laughs> Hey, yeah. make that a part of your family's cherished yeah. holiday tradition. <laughs> I want to no, thank Bob, any I'm... fan that, that buys that and puts it on their tree. I really want to thank them very much. That's a true supporter. But wait, Bob, could you consider yourself an actual fan if you didn't buy one? I don't think oh, that's you could true. consider yourself a fan. You that's could, very could. true. That, that person yes. should buy one, Lamar. Yes. I th- yes. I th- I think we now know how a certain somebody got to be the Budweiser salesman of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly right. I'm going I'm going to make sure you get a hold on while I overthink this mug cuz it is it is hilarious. Kevin picked it up. This was it, it came and I took it out of the box and I washed it cuz I wanted to use it and it was sitting on the um, kitchen island and Kevin walks in and he picks it up and he looks at it and he turns around and looks at it again, and he puts it down on the counter, and he just shakes his head, walks out of the kitchen. <laughs> like, excuse me, that's a collectible heirloom keepsake, Dang and you right. can get yours today I- at bobandsherry.com. Just click store. And Sherry, can I tell you, the true weird stuff coffee mug arrived here, and I don't know, someone in the who lives here said to me, "Oh, just what you need, another coffee mug." You're not doing anything with most of the mugs that are up here already. So why, why do they hate us? I have no why idea. Do they, I don't know. Why why are they all like, oh, I love you. I want to be with you forever and ever and ever. Oh, okay, let's be together forever and ever. Cut to <laughs> I'm gonna find fault with everything you do because I really secretly hate you. 
Why do they do? Let me ask. Why? Let me ask you something. Why? In, with all of the posters of us, all of the, somebody did paintings of us, a couple of people did over. Do you have any pictures of you and me that are hanging uh, in your house on the wall? Many, actually. Do I have. Really? Kevin made, um, he turned one. That. He turned one part of the house into the Bob and Sherry gallery and surprised me. And I, trust mm-hmm. me, I was surprised because no one takes any interest in, no one in our families, not only do they not take any interest in what we do, they're openly contemptuous of it, right? So the day I came home and Kev goes, come here. And I walk in and I mean, it's, it's pictures of us. The painting that Lulu Schwal did of us where you look like a pissy bed and breakfast owner in Rhode Island. I mean, yeah. all of it is hanging. I haven't seen it, this room. I want to see I'll, it. It's delightful. Now, when people come over, which isn't very often because, you know, we're kind of reclusive. But when people come over, they don't go, oh, isn't that sweet? Her husband did that for her. Here's what they do. They go, I can't believe her head fits in the door. She sure must really be proud of herself. Is that the same room where the cat box is, or am I getting that wrong? <laughs> Coincidentally, you know. Coincidentally, it is. The Max, those are Max's cats. They love Uncle Max. Do you know that there is a Bob and Sherry mug? We had a Bob and Sherry mug, and I had it in the mug area. And I came into the kitchen one day, and the Bob and Sherry mug was right there on the counter with bacon grease in it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You you act like that's a disrespectful thing. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> that bacon is a disrespectful grease, thing. That is a disrespectful thing. I understand you, you know love what, Bob? bacon. Who cares? Who cares that everybody's against us? We have each other. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Let's go tell them the that. World. That ought to bring them around. Yeah. yeah. Let the world do as it will. We we got each other's back. I would never put bacon grease in your mug. And it wasn't bacon me that hung grease. your picture above the cat box. It was Kevin. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. And now on the Bob and Sherry show, it's another exciting episode of Things Bob Didn't Know. Thank you very much, Max, and I want everybody to hang for this whole thing because I have a really true story that you will not believe at the end of things Bob didn't know. I never knew this, and it's about Edgar Allan Poe, so stay right there. But let's start out with a picture that I'm looking at that comes from the U.S. National Library of Medicine. I didn't know there was such a thing, but it's a picture from many years ago, probably in the 19th century, of a mom in bed with two little uh, children. They look like they're about toddler age. And they're looking at an ad for a product called Mrs. Winslow's Soothing Syrup, which was a very popular medicine specifically for children during the 19th century. It promised to allay all pains. It was laced heavily with morphine. So if your oh, kids yeah. were getting on your new on your nerves a little bit, <laughs> you just get over to the Mrs. Winslow's soothing syrup and give them a shot. Can you believe it? I mean, it's it's just mind-blowing what people did back then. And you know what? A hundred years from now, they're going to say the same thing about some of the stuff that we're uh, sold. Uh, next story. This is uh, in ancient Rome. 
families were dominated by men. You think this is the uh, patriarchal society now? Back in ancient Rome, fathers had the legal right to sell, disown, or even kill family members. Whoa. Think about that. Think about that. Next story. When When Israel was first formed, Albert Einstein was offered the presidency, and he declined. He declined. He keep in mind. That's because he, he was a genius. genius. He, he was a better. genius. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Okay, next story here. Roman Emperor Caligula loved his horse so much he appointed the horse as a senator. You know, I'd today vote for Congress, it today. Today. Yeah, oh, right. oh my we, god. We got the rear Land of some slide. horses today. We've got we got the rear part of it. Between 1900 and 1920, tug of war was a legitimate event in the Summer Olympics. Would you not tune in to see that? Would you not tune in to see a tug of war America versus I don't know Belgium or somewhere? I know would. I would. I mean, I could see because, you know, if you had like like really hardcore conditioned athletes on either end of that rope, that would be exciting. Yeah. Why did we eliminate that? I don't know. They should bring it back. And now Edgar Allan Poe, Edgar Allan Poe in 1838. Remember that date in 1838, published a novel that was called The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. And it told the story of four crewmen. And obviously this is fiction. Told the story of four crewmen on a whaling ship who end up stranded. In order to survive, the crewmen draw lots to see who among them should be eaten. The lots land on their cabin boy who is sickly. The cabin boy's name is Richard Parker. 46 years later, four crewmen aboard the yacht Mignonette capsized on their way to Sydney, Australia from London. Three of the crewmen decided to eat and kill the youngest and weakest among them. Oh, don't say it. The 19-year-old cabin boy whose name was Richard Parker. Oh, sir, you need a new line of work. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That was, are you telling me that was just by chance that there's not some sort of controlling hand doing something? That was years after Poe's book. And it's the same situation, the same age, and the poor cabin boy who is sacrificed has the same name. What's I can the tell chance? you, I can tell you, because we did a True Weird Stuff episode on it not too long ago. Cannibalism is a thing. <laughs> it just is. Well, these guys, you know, in their defense, you know, they're going crazy. They're floating around in the Pacific Ocean. And they look over at the cabin boy, and he's not doing too well. And I didn't give you the story behind the story, but they got a knife and right in the neck. And then they ate him. But the same name as the Poe character. That's what blew my mind on that story. But what we pointed out in True Weird Stuff was it is still a low-carb diet, so. Yeah. Well, there you go. And you know what? Do you know what else the problem is? Is that you need to eat a lot of people to get your nutrition. 
we are not that nutritionally valuable. So, oh, is that right? hey, folks, if you, know, you, you were, I know organs. it's the, you got to get the organs. You do, or the thighs. The thighs have the most um, bang for your buck. But, folks, I know it's the weekend, and you want to get buck wild. You just don't even waste your time eating people. It's there's just not enough. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's not enough right. upside. Yeah. yeah, Denny's is open all night long. That's right. So there you go. Things Bob did not know. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by The Crown on Netflix? The Crown's final season will premiere in two parts. Part one on November 16th, and part two on December 14th. Only on Netflix. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this we are going to talk about one of the greatest food inventions of modern life, the bacon, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich. Have you ever no, thought yeah. about There we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah, we're talking. It is. It is. Yeah. Mm, portable, salty, savory, satisfying, uh, loaded with protein. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm. Have you ever thought about where did we get the bacon, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich? Well, let's talk about it, Evan. <laughs> I love food history. I think you can learn so much about people and the world. Hang on, my cat is walking. I don't know if you can hear it walking in front of my microphone. Um, I don't, you can learn so much about people and the world and humanity by the history of our food. So um, the very first breakfast sandwich in America, we actually got from Chinese food. They call it the Denver sandwich. See, back in the 19th century, when Chinese immigrants were helping to build the American railroad system, Mm -hmm. um, they would eat um, a portable version of egg foo young, which was basically like an omelet, right? And that omelet, you you could walk around holding it in your hand and eating it. And because of the American melting pot, um, they would be eating that sort of omelet thing. And other immigrants who'd come from other parts of the world would say, you know, that'd be good if you threw some ham in there. Have you ever thought about adding some peppers? And so eventually we got the Denver omelet and the Denver huh. sandwich, right? Whoa. So that's happening. That comes to us from the Chinese, this sort of egg foo young omelet sandwich. But bacon, bacon um, took off in this country in part because curing bacon is a way to save meat without refrigeration. You'd get this hog and you can't eat it all at once, right? So you had to figure out how could you preserve some of this meat back in the day before we could refrigerate it. So they would cure part of the meat in salt and that would be ham and they would smoke some of the meat. And eventually that's how we got bacon. In 1897, we have the very first cookbook with the very first breakfast sandwich. But that very first breakfast sandwich in that cookbook is like ground beef without cheese. It wasn't until bacon took off in the American South. It was the state of Georgia Lamar that mm. fell in love mm. with bacon and turned Never been it so into, proud. Turned it into <laughs> the iconic food it is today. There are um it's so funny because there um there was a, an author from New England named Emily Burke. And in the 1840s, she paid a visit to the state of Georgia and she wrote about it. And she said, these people would think they could not survive without their bacon. 
bacon instead of bread is their staff of life. Round of applause, Lamar. There you go. There we go. I had no idea any any of that went down that way. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. So so now we've got, um, and, and thanks to, listen, Armor Foods and Oscar Mayer, suddenly bacon was available to everyone, including people that weren't farmers and didn't have hogs, right? You could go buy bacon in the store and it's salty and savory and it, you know, relatively cheap and people loved it. And at the same time that bacon is hitting the scene, people are are taking on this new idea of breakfast, having eggs and bacon and toast and grits and potatoes and all of those things. And that was huge because in that, at that point in American history, we were farmers and, and laborers on railroads and in factories and you needed a big hearty meal. But then eventually here comes urbanization and the car. And suddenly people don't have time for that big breakfast. That's when Kellogg showed up on the scene with cornflakes, by the way. That's how cereal really took off because it was super duper fast and easy to eat. But Oscar Mayer and Armor Foods were like, slow your roll, Kellogg's. We are not about to lose our market share on bacon. And that's when the bacon sandwich began showing up as a breakfast food. And you know who got there first in a mass market kind of way in the 1970s? It was Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box was open 24 hours. Like before, You're kidding. No, listen, before anybody was open 24 hours, Jack in the Box in California was open 24 hours. And they realized that they needed to have something on the menu for people that didn't want tacos or a burger at the crack. And of we're dawn. still stoned. Those are, that was right? something two o'clock in the morning of bacon, egg, and cheese for people who are stoned on weed. So listen to this. The breakfast jack, ham, fried egg, American cheese on a hamburger bun, was very, Mm -hmm. very popular. And at the exact same time that became popular, an operator at a McDonald's restaurant in California said, huh, we need to get in on this, and invented a little something we call the Egg McMuffin. McMuffin. Oh, the best thing McDonald's has. The rest is history i like it on a bagel i, li- I like a uh, bacon egg and cheese on a toasted everything bagel that um originated in new york city that's part of the story to. too which i'm going to yeah. post um on the bob and sherry facebook and the last thing i will tell you is none of this is uniquely american because factory workers in scotland during the industrial revolution bought breakfast sandwiches from street vendors that were the early um, versions of what later became a sausage biscuit, the egg McMuffin, all of yeah. it. Because mm-hmm. when it comes time to eating in the morning, the people of Earth, they like it salty and cheesy and carby. And eat nothing right. better than a bacon, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich. This really is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. King Charles. I still have trouble saying King Charles. I want to say Prince Charles. Uh, King Charles is going to turn 75 next week, the 17th. And evidently, the troubles in the royal family still run kind of deep. It was reported over just last weekend that the celebration will go on 
but that Prince Harry will not be making the trip from California. Now, initially, it sounded like that was Harry's idea not to go. But listen to this. A spokesperson for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan, said to People magazine, quote, there has been no contact regarding an invitation to His Majesty's upcoming birthday. That means if, if Harry showed up, he'd be crashing the birthday party. They were not invited to the King's birthday party. And 75th, that's a, that's a big deal. I'm sorry, that's but if you're going to talk the talk in the interview, you got to walk the walk and stay home. It's tr- that's it what is kind of true. It is kind of yeah. true. But, you know, you can't tell me, despite his, his anger at how he was treated and all of it going back to his mother, you can't tell me that he doesn't have a pit in his stomach right now that he's not invited to his father's 75th birthday. You can't tell me his father isn't sick about it. Come on. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Did you know that the King of England has two birthdays? Every King of, of England, he, he has Explain. two birthdays. Explain. Um, okay. Uh, this is in November. And in Great Britain, the weather can be kind of dicey in November. So there maybe is a lot of rain or God knows what. And so there's not a big celebration because the weather sucks. There's not a parade. There's not, you know, parties outside. And so you get a second birthday in the summer if you choose to use that one. So the country, one way or the other, can celebrate you. It's good Good to to be be the king King of England. That's right. Happy (laughs) birthday, Charles. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, it's Lamar. Thanks for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast. Have you checked out the Oddcast podcast? That's where you can find all the stuff that we can't do on the radio, including my Talking Lamar podcast. In this episode of Talking Lamar, Top Shop for Movie Props, I'm talking about the top 20 most expensive movie props ever sold. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and everywhere you get your podcast. I don't, you know, want to embarrass my husband in any way, but his doctor without, um, maybe his doctor told him and he didn't really listen, but here's the bottom line. Colaguard arrived on our doorstep and I'm just here to tell you, I want everybody to know the truth. The Colaguard box does not talk. It doesn't walk (laughs) around. It's a lie. What you've seen on television is a lie. I waited for it to jump onto the kitchen island and give us a pep talk. Yeah, while we were eating. Uh uh. In fact, I I thought, well, maybe, maybe the Kologar box isn't talking because it's been outside and it's a little cold. Maybe once it Mm -hmm. gets up to room temperature, it'll come to life. Yeah. No, sir, buddy, it did not. That is one of the wackiest advertising campaigns. It like really my is. favorite, my favorite one is these two couples are out at a restaurant, and um, they're sitting at like an outdoor table on the patio, and they're they're chatting. And suddenly, here comes the box, and one of the couples <laughs> goes, "Oh, hey, it's Coolagard!" And they're like, "Oh, it's yeah. Coolagard!" <laughs> Well, I mean, anything to break an awkward <laughs> silence, you know, <laughs> if, maybe one I of love- the people has trouble, you know, with anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> what I love, what I love is that whoever wrote that commercial, they said it at a restaurant. So these people are trying to decide if they should split the bacon nachos as a starter, right? 
And here comes, yeah. oh, it's Colaguard. Hey, did you know you can do a colonoscopy at home? No, get out of here, Colaguard. Tell me more. And then the box kind of walks them through it. I yeah. always felt, I always felt watching that that it would have been better if, like, let's say those two couples were about to have fun game night in somebody's living right. room, and Colaguard right. jumps onto the table. I feel like Colaguard right. jumping onto the table right before the appetizers arrive. There's something off about that for me How about you well um i have been to some parties where i would rather talk to the cola guard box <laughs> <laughs> listen i've worked for some radio stations where yes. we give it afternoons and really dominate yeah that's actually right. yeah. you know what would be so funny if we owned a radio station and we just we said that cola guard did middays people would tune in just to hear cola guard walk up the songs you know they would oh that would be brilliant cola guard in the afternoon with the biggest hits of the 80s 90s and now would that would be, be fantastic can you hear cola guard coming up next meatloafs i'll do anything for love but i won't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's the perfect song. That's the perfect song. It is bizarre. It's like some of these copywriters are like on acid or something coming <laughs> up with so these totally ideas. <laughs> it's just bizarre. And, but you know, it actually it works because what what's we're what's talking the image? About it. Something yeah, where well, we're talking about it, but something that's friendly with a subject that is not for most of us all that friendly, right? They, you they, know, it's kind of challenging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, look, we got two packages, your Amazon dress and Colaguard. Holy smoke, what a win. What they've done is kind of brilliant because you now talk about it as though it were a, a thing, like a, a creature. Fr a friend, a friend. Yeah. yeah. And so the other thing that was disappointing about Colaguard, not only does he not really walk around and talk in real life, but like so many celebrities Colaguard is smaller than you're expecting. Oh, yeah. I was That's surprised right. because um, on TV, like you get like Colaguard is kind of big and kind yeah. of moves around and talks and is animated. But in right, real right. life, Colaguard is like Tom Cruise. It's small and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very That's right. It's all it's it's all a part of being in show business. You know, <laughs> you got to sell the uh, the sizzle, not the steak. So, of course, you know, it's just the two of us here now for the most part until the girls come home on school breaks or whatever. So Cola Guard comes in the house and we just left it on the kitchen island. I'm, I'm tracking how many days Cola Guard is on our kitchen island. It has become invisible to us, but I know how it looks to someone coming into the house. Like, yeah, come on in. Oh, my God, you look great. I love your new haircut. Yeah. Oh, that? That's Cola Guard. Yeah. Kevin, how it are you feeling? Yeah. Colaguard. He lives in our kitchen now. It's just like on TV, except he's, he's smaller than you were expecting. I don't want to get too personal, but he's got to use it, you know? I mean, he's, the jury's out. The jury's out because, like the rest of America, he only knows Colaguard from the commercials. Yeah. And it's if hard he to take it want seriously. It, don't throw it away. Could you send it to oh, me? Oh, I won't. If, if I he won't. Doesn't. No. I'm going to put a Santa hat on it. We're going to decorate it for the holidays. <laughs> 
It's Bob and Sherry. YourMeowMart.com, a brand new online store featuring cat-themed merchandise for you or the cat lover in your world. Shirts, sweatshirts, phone holders, coffee mugs, and one-of-a-kind custom items. New items are being added every day. Every day. YourMeowMart.com. Check out the store. YourMeowMart.com. That's YourMeowMart.com. Here's Bob and Sherry with Charlie King and the Zippy Zodiac. Let's see what the stars have in store for us here during gratitude season. How's Aries looking, Charlie? Well, this week is a breakthrough for Aries with family matters. And the main highlight could be thanks to something wise that you offer. This marks a new beginning in your independence where circumstances may even encourage you to think about moving and relocating more permanently. Oh, okay. Taurus, Taurus. So despite having something that you need to say to someone, this isn't necessarily the week to say it. That doesn't mean bite your tongue for months on end or ignore the elephant in the room. It just means that the serious chat you know needs to be had can be postponed for a week or two. Gemini. Gemini, if you've been enjoying a summer of indulgence and having all of the fun, then this week comes to get you back on track. So it's time to rein in anything that you've been doing a little bit too much of. Especially especially if your body is starting to ache. So this week is a health kick for Gemini. So say no to a social invitation and maybe opt for an early night. Hey, Bob, Ugh. as a Virgo, yeah. why don't you console Gemini here on, oh, what a tough yes. week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Gemini, so it, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. So just uh, <sighs> just deal with it. Thank you, Bob. Sorry, Thank Bob. You. Yeah. Do as Virgo does and learn to lie still on that bed of nails, Gemini. Right. Let's see yeah. what cancer's got going on. What's cancer got? This week for cancer kicks off a new chapter and your skills are showcased. Your talents may be in the spotlight and this is made much more intense when two options, two paths come for you to choose from. You struggle to pick one because both are really very exciting. Leo? Life has been serious recently and now you get the chance to do some more fun stuff. But in the process, you're going to surprise and shock others because your likes and dislikes quickly change with no warning. So you may wind up doing something that's a little bit out there, even for a Leo. Be prepared for others giving you their two cents on the matter. Okay, Virgo. Bring it up. <laughs> Virgo, this week, your honest, honest opinion could wind up sounding much more brutal than you intended. And as a result, a little bit of conflict arises. But... The positive is this seems like it's one of those long overdue situations. So you actually feel better for being able to get something off your chest. So until you get to say your piece this week, you may feel quite restless. Yeah, actually, I can't get into it, but I am going through a situation where uh, that sort of uh, interpersonal uh, back and forth is... uh, is something I'm dealing with. That's interesting. So what what should he do, Charlie? Like, because it just sounded would, like, yeah, like he was going to get himself in trouble. <laughs> Write it out what you want to say first, and then switch the words to some slightly more acceptable ones. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, <call it>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate it, though. Thank you. That's the only part of this Virgo that acts like a Scorpio, okay, Charlie? <laughs> that is it for him. All right, let's go to Libra. For Libra, some recent changes in your life mark the end of an era for like a new personal status as a parent, a child, or a partner. And you're ready for this new beginning. 
but any impulsive moves this week might cost you more than is ideal. So avoid anything that seems too good to be true because it probably is. Okay, now Scorpio. Scorpio, if there's been an unfair balance of give and take between you and pretty much everybody else, then this is the week that you just won't stand for it any longer. So in a situation where you would maybe usually stay quiet, you instead speak up and assert some well-pointed Scorpio dominance. Wow. You you reading my mail? Good Lord, that's on target. (laughs) It's so on target. Oh my gosh. Sagittarius. Sagittarius, if your job is hemming you in or the hours change and they're not in your favor, you might feel like breaking free this week and anything that prevents you from living anything other than your best life is painfully difficult to ignore share your thoughts with like a colleague or a friend and you could actually receive some amazing advice that you hadn't considered okay now capricorn try to take your time with decision making over the next few days because someone mentions an idea to you or an offer which is a great exciting opportunity but don't rush to say yes too quickly because people tend to break the promises they make to you more easily this week. Okay. All right. Well, at least I'm not working myself into the ground for nothing. That's good. Let's go to Aquarius. Be careful about what you commit to this week. Spontaneous actions or decisions that would usually work out well just seem to backfire. A social invitation that looks like fun on the surface could actually turn a little bit more animated and rambunctious than you had bargained for. So step carefully and Pisces your message is simply to try and slow down don't be in too much of a hurry everything will get done when it gets done the pressure that it puts on your wellness to overdo things and rush through your errands lists is not worth it wow this is quite a week especially for Scorpio where no fun we're all sitting here yeah we're all sitting here with our eyes bugging out wow we'll get that posted up at bobandsherry.com and on the bob and sherry facebook page charlie have a fantastic weekend this is bob and sherry now let's open up the bob and sherry archive vault all right i love a good code name and we've got care bear on the line good morning care bear good morning you mean i'm sorry you mean Sarah Bass? <laughs> well, Not Care Bear? It, it said Care Bear. I thought we were using that as uh, as a name so nobody would know who you are. Your name is Oh, Sarah no. Bear? There's no shame in my game. <laughs> what is your name? What is your name? Sarah Beth. Sarah Bear? Sarah, Sarah Beth. Sarah Spell Beth. That. Not Care Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Miranda. <laughs> I love you, honey. I do. You are the... Hang, hang on, Care, uh, Sarah Beth. Uh, <laughs> Ren, honey, she she can't look at me. She, <laughs> we do the you best are we so can. cute. You you misunder you misunderstood, but you came up with something sweet, Care Bear. We do the best we can, Miranda, but we, if we don't know the person's name. It's okay. If it was Todd and he didn't understand, it would be bare naked. <laughs> but you put Care Bear. That is so that is so sweet. Freaking Care Bear. Hello, Care Bear, and she goes, it's Sarah Beth. And I thought that you blew it for a second. So you want to be known as Sarah Beth. Sarah Beth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she didn't care. <laughs> Yo, is that your real name? Sarah Beth? Sarah Beth. Yeah. A lot of this is your fault, Sarah Beth, because when you say Sarah Beth, it, it sounds does sound like, like Care, Bear. Care Bear. Yeah. As a, matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Sarah Beth, we are going to stay with Care Bear. Okay, that All sounds right. great. All right, so Care Bear. Um, 
What was your situation? Your sister's involved in this? Yes. Well, my sister and I have always been best friends, and we're like two and a half years apart. I'm older. Uh-huh. And we look just alike, too. People think we're twins all the time. Right. But anyway, so I moved to Nashville, Tennessee for a while and worked there and came back to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And like when I got back, I started dating this guy. And um, he was in the Marine Corps, and he went off to Haiti, and he came back, and he broke up with me like the first day he got back. And I had sent care packages too, which made it even worse. I'm still because you're care bear. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, support your troops. But anyway, um, a week after we broke up, my sister came to me and told me she was in love with him. How long and had they, this been going on? Uh, about three years. They got married last month, and I was the maid of honor. No, and I couldn't be more happy for either one of them. You know what? You're no longer. Care Bear, you are Share Bear. <laughs> That's oh, it, was, it was Jerry Springer for a little while, I'm not going to lie. So how? So um, the wow. whole time that you'd been with him, had, had she been in love with him? I don't, they, they say not. They, so they, he hadn't cheated on you with her? No, no, good, good. like that, because he had been overseas and got back. So there was no way that they could have. I, I don't want to get, Care Bear, I did not want to get too personal, but were you pretty familiar with him when you were dating him? Um, not as familiar as people are this dating time. <laughs> I'm pretty traditional. <laughs> so. what, let me get an, uh, an inter- a female interpretation. What does that mean? Um, she, they fooled around, but they didn't go all the way. Is that right, Share Bear? <laughs> kind of, yes. Kind of? Yeah, oh. we, didn't, we didn't date very long. But well, that doesn't really make any difference it, for some people. No, it was the I guess it was the principle of it. What, is that, what, what does that mean? Uh, I think they did, but not not all that. Many it wasn't times. that good. It was no, not that many. They, times. Oh, it wasn't that many times. Yeah, yeah, like so she was scarce I mean, bare that time. Like a couple of months after uh-huh. we broke up, yeah, instead of just a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I just have to. Imagine, I mean. <laughs> Because you're not being clear, Bear, and, and I need that right now. Clear, Bear? Yeah. Did, did you uh, sleep with your uh, sister's new husband at one time? No. You never did? No. Uh, well, that makes it a lot less uh, That's what awkward. I'm saying. They yeah. did some stuff, but not that. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. 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 But, but... Well, Care, Care Bear, you're, uh, you're great. You really are. And you were... That's... <laughs> he viewed her as unfair, Bear, and yeah. that's why he dumped her for oh, her sister. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, you were in, and, and you were in the wedding, huh? I was the maid of honor. The maid yeah. of honor, that's right. Yeah, you should have heard that speech. No, I'm just kidding. It was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, at the rehearsal know, dinner. Yeah. It says really great things about you and your sister and the way you guys were raised that you were able to put this behind you and go forward as sisters. Oh, yeah. It, we're a very close family. My parents have been married 30 years. And, you know, they just worked too hard for there to be any... And you didn't want Isn't this guy, great? ultimately, respect, right, Care Bear? Respect for the parents so really that yeah. the family would stay cohesive but it doesn't, unit. You know, it sounds like you liked him, but you didn't really want him forever and ever. Does, does, oh, did, right now, I would tell you that, yeah, that she did me a huge favor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so scare, really now that she's Scare Bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's, fan, that's fantastic. Did you make kind of a funny joke about it at the uh, rehearsal dinner? Well, they had said, like, coming up, like, closer to time for the wedding, they were like, yeah, we just feel like you're going to use your time for your speech to just, like, tell us how you really feel. And so when I got up there, I thought about saying, um, 
Well, I didn't expect to see y'all here, and I bet you didn't expect to see me here either. Well, you know what was really fun for your sister? Uh, When she walked down the aisle, her something borrowed was the groom. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, Care Bear, because you ended up up just where you wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I love this story. I love people that put their energy and enthusiasm in this direction. This is a story of the indomitable human spirit. A dude from Massachusetts named Dave Rothstein had a 1,024-pound pumpkin, and he carved it into a boat, and he paddled from Deerfield to Holyoke, which is more than 40 miles, in an attempt to break the Guinness Book of World Records record for the longest journey by paddling a pumpkin boat And you will probably be surprised to know, surprised to know that um, this is an American thing. The world record is currently held by Dwayne Hansen from Nebraska. In 2022, he managed to paddle 37 and a half miles in his pumpkin boat. And then just last month, a dude from Missouri named Steve Cooney managed 38.4 miles worth of paddling in his pumpkin boat. And then we go to Mr. Massachusetts who made it 40 solid miles paddling oh. in a giant pumpkin that was hollowed out and turned into a boat. What makes them stop? Does it come apart? I think eventually maybe they'd start taking on water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a pumpkin, you know? Yeah. You thought yeah. the SS Minnow was unreliable on that three-hour <laughs> tour. I invite you to put the Gilligan and the Skipper into a giant pumpkin. The funniest thing about this is, in case you're wondering, well, what does it look like? Folks, it looks like a giant pumpkin with a man inside it and a canoe paddle. That's what it looks like. I bet it's hard to paddle the pumpkin because it's not really aerodynamic, would you think? That's what I'm thinking. And this this pumpkin, I'm with you, and this pumpkin that he started out with, 1,024 pounds. I mean, that's a big gourd. That is a lot of guts that he scooped out of that 40 thing. miles. 40 miles yeah. is a long way to paddle in a canoe. In anything, yeah. a pumpkin. Oh, yes. In a pumpkin. So how about a round of applause for Dave Rothstein yeah. in Florence, Massachusetts. Yeah. That's the American spirit, Dave. That's, that's how you do it. Right. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter 
recruiter's powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.